Andy Kamenetsky there. By the way, I normally say Game of Games is proudly sponsored by Call Jacob, but oh, instead stop. I will say it was sadly sponsored by <laughs> Call Jacob. Winning matters. That's why after an accident, you go to calljacob.com or call 844-24-JACOB. That's 844-24-JACOB. Uh, are you aware of uh, Andy's? <laughs> he's, he's been making animal noises on the show. <laughs> there, is, there is the lion. There is the goat. <laughs> that sounded like right, a penguin. So, it's not a goat. No, it's so, not a goat at all. Uh, Andy and Brian, we yesterday we did a kind of a weird thing where we uh, casted ESPN LA the movie. Mm-hmm. And we came up with a whole bunch of different people. Yes. So I just got a tweet, Mace, yep. asking you and I mm-hmm. who we would cast as Andy and Brian in the ESPN LA movie. Ooh, okay. I know okay. my answer, but go on. So, uh, all it's right. not who you would cast. It's not who you would cast. <laughs> no, but my goal in casting was to pick somebody that has some resemblance to you and that you would actually approve of. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not, we're not trying, like, Mason gave Travis Larry the Cable Guy. Larry the Cable <laughs> Guy <laughs> is definitely right there, and his son Bobby yeah. agrees. Okay, so, uh, Andy, for you... Um, this is one of my favorite actors. I don't know if you'll know who this is, but for you, Corey Stoll, what do you think? Oh, that's really good. I could live with Corey Stoll. It's not not who I would cast, but I can totally live with Corey Stoll. Okay, and Brian, for you, how about Mark Strong? Do you know who that is? Oh, yeah. Mark Strong is a great actor. Did you have any, or Brian, have you seen any of the Kingsman Give me that guy. Yeah, give me that guy. Okay, so so I think both those guys could play you guys. Mace, what do you think for Andy and Brian? Uh, For Andy and Brian, I will say for, uh, just because Andy believes he looks like Jason Statham, I'm going to say Jason Statham. That is who is playing me in this movie. All right, and then how about for Brian? I was once um, accosted. For Brian, I was going to go Patrick Stewart. Oh, a little awesome. old. How about how about Howie Mandel for Brian? I'll take that. Howie too. Mandel. I was also going to say um, Ed Harris. Oh, ooh, that's also a good too one. old. Yeah, Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci, probably Again, too old. Can we get below <laughs> seventy with <laughs> any basically <laughs> just naming? He's, he's named two. At name, least they're all alive. Name I appreciate your favorite that. bald actor right. is basically the exercise. I was once um, screamed at. Like down a city block by a, a homeless person who thought I was Phil Collins and I did not get that money. <laughs> so there is a there is a, a Phil unhoused, Collins. So somewhere there is, there is a homeless person, guy thinking he yes, got stiffed by, by Phil, Phil Collins. Who thinks Phil Collins is a cheap bleeper? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Phil Collins, I get. Patrick yeah. Stewart. I like I'll Patrick. Stewart. He's phenomenal. Phil Stewart is also like seventy. Yeah. <laughs> what about Vin Diesel? This is actually this is actually a few years ago. Like I, I feel like I have grown into my age. I am forty seven. Yep. And I think now I actually kind of look about forty seven. The problem was when Phil I was Phil Collins is seventy two. Right. Yeah, when I was twenty seven, I looked forty seven. Right. Because so. when the guy thought you were Phil Collins, this was a long time. Well, ago. I was like a sophomore in college. <laughs> this was a while ago. Yeah. Patrick Stewart is eighty two. Yeah. <laughs> I just like saying his name, Stewart. 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 Sir Patrick Stewart. Sir Patrick Stewart. What about Vin Diesel? Sure. It's all about the family. (laughs) How old is J.K. Simmons? Oh, J.K. Simmons is good. I would say J.K. Simmons is in his 60s. Well into his 60s. (laughs) We cannot find. We're aging you down. Finally. Is there not a single old man under 50 that anybody's ever heard of? J.K. Simmons, 68. (laughs) I'm just going to Google bald. I think Vin Diesel's probably. Wait, wait, Brian, how old did you say you were? I'm 47. That's the exact age of Corey Stoll. See, I'll take Corey Stoll. Andy is significantly older than I am. Whatever. Jason Statham's playing me. We've already decided that. I don't. John Cryer, sure. Oh yeah, he's bald. He's bald now. Yes, he's he bald now. now. He's yeah, he's yes. bald now. I have honestly never been confused with John Cryer, but I'm sure. I mean, once. I mean, let's be honest. Telly Savalas, Michael Chiklis. <laughs> How about Michael Chiklis? Ooh, Michael Chiklis. Michael Chiklis. Sure. Also, Chiklis is too fat. To play <laughs> all bald people. Right. Look so alike. it's like, why does Austin Reeves constantly get compared to, to Alex Caruso? I mean. You know, white basketball. This is kind of a form of racism (laughs) that Brian's experiencing right now. It's baldism. baldism. It is baldism. I I cannot tell you how how often I get mixed up for other people who are just clearly other middle-aged bald guys. Brian's are being so baldest right now. Brian is so close to pulling a, what do you mean you people right now? Yeah, no, I... I am a real person. Yes. Okay, with feelings. Yes. Okay. All right. 
<laughs> Michael Chickles. <laughs> we get it. Michael Chickles is almost 60. <laughs> yeah, no, everybody, so we keep moving you down. <laughs> everybody we've named is much older much than you. Much older. So I Googled bald people under 50, mm-hmm. and and I the first thing that comes up is a link that says, are you really going bald? <laughs> a dermatologist. <laughs> uh, we're, no, we're past that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> oh, who's this guy? Hooper's ex says, cast Brian as Andy and Andy as Brian. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Play each other. That's not a horrible idea. Oh, the world's 10 most powerful bald men. Well, Jeff Bezos has got to be there, right? Jeff Bezos is number one. Let's see. Who else is bald and Ooh, uh, number two is uh, a very important figure in local sports. Uh, Balmer? Steve, Steve Balmer. Balmer. How old is Balmer? He's got to be in his 60s. <laughs> he could play you. <laughs> Any bald person. <laughs> Any bald person. <laughs> He's 67. 67. I, I would like to make this list one day. Um, number four is a is a is a major sports figure as well, uh, connected to Phil Jackson back in the day. Tex Winter. Michael Jordan. Michael <laughs> Jordan. <laughs> Mark Andreessen, Lloyd Blankfein. Yeah. Larry David. Oh, Larry David. The seventh great. most powerful bald Larry man. Larry David on Earth. would be great to play you. He would. Except he's too old. Yeah, he's too old. Apparently, apparently he's not that too old. <laughs> the ninth most powerful bald man? Yep. The Rock. Oh, sure. I'm not sure how scientific these rankings no. are. But he's pretty powerful. He is. He can open a movie. Boy, things are dragging. <laughs> Bird, you got anything? It's the it's the Friday drag. I'm telling you, we get to the Friday super cross talk, I'm like, I'm I'm out of thoughts. I've like spilled all my thoughts all week long and I'm a, all right, I'm so Andy and Brian, I have, uh, I have bet $10,000 in mythical money that Mason will not stay for the entire Laker game when he goes on Definitely Monday. Definitely going to be there. Who wins that bet? If you're basing this off track record, congratulations on right. your ten grand, John. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. But if you're basing it on, I'm going to make sure Mason John made, loses right. ten thousand dollars. I think Mason may stay just to spite me. He's going to want to leave at halftime, but he's going to go. I can't let Ireland win. I'm staying for the. How's your half. mythical bank account looking right now? Fine, we're both. Jorge's running away with it, but uh, he bet. Jorge, what'd you bet on the Lakers this weekend? Thirty uh, k for tomorrow. Okay. I, yeah, I, the score right now is Jorge 343,000 no, mythical no, dollars. Because I made 20 because he, he won. So he's got even more than that. 363. I'm at, what am I at? 194. 94. Ireland is. 122, and I'm at 77. 77. So Jorge has bet big against the Lakers all year long. Well, both, both ways. Like at yes, 94 grand, Steve, do you feel comfortable tossing away 10? Come nine o'clock or so, you're yeah, feeling a little he, tired. I mean, if he if the Lakers are getting if they're way up or I'm way there. down, he's I'm out. there. I'm no. all I'm yeah. pot committed, literally. Yeah. It's a shame you're not a middle aged bald white guy because well, then you could just find anybody to sit in the chair and we just think it was you, Mace. You know, you where Michael and I sit, you probably don't have to wait to exercise your 420 privilege. Oh, that's right. You know what you, I mean. You've got uh, issues around you yeah, still. Yeah, there is, there is somebody smoking weed right next to where we do the games and has been there for two years. <laughs> yeah, I, and they can't catch him. I, I bet I can find him. I was just going to say, you should be able to catch him. Yeah, I should be able. I I can. Michael Ross should offer a reward to the person who catches this guy. Okay, or it could how be much, a girl. How much extra mythical money does he get if he solves this mystery? Oh, if I can solve the mystery, do you get mythical money? Sure. Ooh. What's how the much? mythical Double. reward? Oh, 20K in mythical money if you can identify the stoner who sits in front of Michael okay. and I for sure. Identify the stoner before halftime. Oh. Leave, oh. and you're still up 10K. No, no, I'm staying for the whole thing, but I can find the mythical stoner okay. on I'm gonna, Monday. I'm going to make a point of, as soon as I smell it, I'm going to point it out to you, and you're on. <laughs> I'm there. If you, and, and what section is this? 111. Okay, so if you're in section 111, I'm sending out a call, and you want me to win mythical money, do I have to reveal who they are, or can I just know who they are? No, no, you have to identify them to Robin, the usher who controls that section. But I don't so, want to get the guy jacked out of the building. What are you talking about? You you told me that when I wouldn't when I helped somebody pass a test that you would turn them in in a heartbeat. Yeah, but that's cheating. So, so is gonna, this. You're not, not allowed gonna, to. You're not allowed to smoke in Crypto.com Arena. Well, he's he's probably vaping, right? Yeah, Are you allowed to allowed, vape no. in Crypto.com Arena? No. Are you gonna figure it out? 
Vaping in crypto. <laughs> no, of course you can't vape. You can't this vape is, this is useful inside. information. You can't vape inside. <laughs> but he's doing it anyway, I'm telling you. Uh, Mason. No, Dodger Stadium will take it away from you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've been in that pool. spot. Literally. Yeah. Spot. I went to a game with once with a friend of mine, and he had a, a package of cigarettes, and he had weed in him. And they, they caught him when he was walking in, and they wouldn't let him come in. He had to wow. take an Uber At Dodger home. Stadium, he had disguised yeah, them I, as cigarettes, and they found him? Yeah. I just feel like, it, like given what they charge for concessions, they should be encouraging You're people. allowed to bring your own food to Dodger Stadium. You're not allowed to bring weed in. But no weed. Yeah. If no they catch weed. you, they're not letting By you the in. By the way, you smell it all the time at Dodger yes. Stadium. You smell it all the time in the parking lot here. Oh, the parking lot here is ridiculous. L- LA Live parking lot has to be one of the top five places in LA to get high. I think people downstairs, they do it before they go to a game. They do it before they go to a movie, right? Because uh, they're, you know, the the Regal theaters are right they there. They do it before they go to Smashburger. Like, they do it before yeah, they go to you're everything right. here. You're right. Well, if that, they do it before they go to Smashburger, then they have to wait an hour for their food. <laughs> but it doesn't, oh, fe- it doesn't feel like as long, though. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't feel as long. <laughs> it just flies. And that's right when yeah. it kicks in. Too. The wait feels shorter. <laughs> exactly. Um, what are you guys doing on the show today? Uh, we're going to talk, obviously, some Lakers, some LeBron v. Lakers. We're going to have uh, DeMichael Cole, the locked-on Grizzlies co-host and oh, also cover, nice. covers the Grizzlies for, I believe, the Daily Memphian. He's going to come on with us at 545, get some Grizzlies perspective on this, get a little bit of psychology in Dylan Brooks, see what he knows about John Are you Morant. guys qualified in the area of psychology? Well, we hope he is. Yeah. Um, talk a little Mookie at short. Oh, yeah. How about that? Did you see him make that play last night? You know what was great about that he play? He like came in in the seventh and made the double play in the eighth. What was so great about that double play is he had the opportunity to flip the ball to second, and he's like, hell no. I, I own am, this. I am running over. I am, Unassisted. Yeah, I don't know if I will ever have a chance to do this again. I am doing the whole damn play. Well, Dodgers fans are, are panicking over Mookie at shortstop. He's stoked. Well, he's he's, he's excited, excited but to do it, this. It is, it is a waste to have Mookie bets at shortstop. It's sad that they are that thin in the middle infield that they've got to use Mookie there. Mookie's an elite right fielder with an unbelievable arm uh, and is a real weapon, and they're taking that weapon away. Well, here's where you will know that the Dodgers have decided the season isn't going anywhere when Mookie's playing shortstop regularly. Uh, on and, an everyday and, basis. Like, like They've just resorted to gimmickry yep. to get fans through the season and just like find something fun about it. Yeah. Yeah, we're not going to get to that point. It doesn't look good right now. They are they they lost to this. So that makes them ten and twelve or ten and eleven. Uh, one game like under five hundred, okay. right, Bergman? Yes, with one game, one game including under. today. So that, like people are, I I have a generally have a policy that I don't like looking at the baseball standings until June, just right. because I don't think they're that relevant. And but I you know I, I follow this stuff on social media and I try to pay attention, whatever. And the way people were talking about the Dodgers, I was convinced when I was going to look at it, oh my God, they're going to be nine games under 500. They're going to be like the Lakers, starting two and 10. They're 500. Yeah, I mean, I I think Dodgers fans are, last year, 106 wins or whatever it was, and this team is not going to win 100 games. There's no. no way. I mean, I hope they get into the 90s, but it is right now a very ordinary baseball team. Just, you don't look at the standings, if you look at, actually the team and the performance they're just not very oh, good. they're all hitting about 120 yeah and and the bottom half of that lineup is just a disaster at this point their margin for error is by dodger standards extremely low right like in terms of what fans have become so accustomed to over like the last decade yeah all that depth they don't have it now all right uh john are you done for the week <laughs> uh, for the week. No, I have a game tomorrow night. Oh, that's right. You've got the game tomorrow night. We'll have the game right here on 710 ESPN, game number three. We are back uh, Monday at 1 o'clock. And coming up next for you, the guy who looks like Jason Statham and the guy who looks like every other bald guy in the world, <laughs> Brian Kamenetsky. Super Crosstalk is brought to you by Coors Light, keeping Southern California chill all season long, 710 ESPN. Roars. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Bam, bam, bam. All right, that's the right. There's no growling. Join in, Laura. Oh, no, this train wreck is all y'all. <laughs> <laughs> well, good way we're off to a good start. Good way to start things we out. We laughed, though, right? We did. We did. Well, look. This intro went better than the game. Bam, 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 bam. Oh, I mean, that's true. You know, that's, that was not your fault. It wasn't. It was Jorge Jorge texted fault. me. Jorge texted me and was like, hey, like I forgot to do I was doing something and I needed a game. And I was like, well, here, I'll help you out. And then I, I looked at it and I was like, I don't know. I don't know about this. He said that it was just completely butchered. Well, okay, and I want to preface what I'm about to say with this is not meant as a criticism of Laura at all because you got sprung this. Because it's going to sound like a criticism of Laura. I want to make sure that it doesn't sound that way at all because I sincerely do not mean it as a criticism of Laura. This got dumped in her lap last minute. Like a minute. Right. No time to prepare whatsoever. That game that we did, which was big vocabulary words, guess their meaning, it cannot work if if the host, the person doing the game, does not know the words. It becomes yeah. it just becomes impossible to do. If you don't know the words, if you can't say them comfortably because you've never seen these words in your life, mm-hmm. it just falls apart. So you did it, I mean, Lindsay? Yeah, I, I mean, I was an English major, and I'd probably like, you know, I'd probably stumble on a couple of those words myself. Oh, you so should have okay. done it. Well, yeah, you should have popped up in the comics and done it. Circumlocution? I've never heard of that word in my life. I just sort of really? guessed. Well, I just sort of guessed what it was, but I've never heard that before. I mean, they use a lot of these types of terms in the documentaries I watch, so, you know, that's, wow. probably, that's probably why it works. <laughs> now I'm blaming Lindsay, because she should have done it. Ooh, look at that little humble <laughs> brag. Oh my, oh my, Listen, I, Jorge gave me, like, five minutes, was like, do you have a game? And I was like, oh, I have one from, like, last year on this day was Big Word Day. And he was like, okay, fine. Yeah. That's all. Because I told him, I was like, if you would have texted me, like, earlier, I could have came up with one. Most of my games are, like, really good games when I do, when I host a game, like, when I actually host the game. The guys love them. That was not my game. So I'm like, do not blame me. So I was like, we're good. What kind of documentaries are you watching where these type of words come up, Lindsay? Uh, I mean, I watch everything under the sun. So literally every documentary. Highbrow, fancy documentaries, Andy. Very much so. Well, speaking of uh, words, lot of words, <laughs> Dylan speaking Brooks. of words. Dylan Brooks, that dude had a ton of words heading into tomorrow's Game 3. Lakers, Grizzlies. Um, called LeBron old. Mm-hmm. Brian said that LeBron, he doesn't respect him until, or doesn't respect anybody who hasn't given him 40. So you give right. Dylan Brooks 40 with him defending you, he does not respect you. He will poke the bear. He acknowledges LeBron's a legend, but this version of LeBron is no longer the version that scares Dylan Brooks. 38, it's not enough. 39, not enough. Um, I, I find this fascinating and entertaining because my, my reaction to this is that LeBron, who I'm sure will quietly find opportunities to cook uh, Dylan Brooks and take joy in it, um, is, I suspect, not going to change how he actually plays. Despite the fact that, remember that commercial a bunch of years ago where the tiny dog and the big dog are walking on the street and the little dog keeps jumping over the big dog? All the, That's Dylan Brooks, like leaping over LeBron. Dog just keeps walking. That's but this is what Dylan Brooks is doing to try to get some kind of reaction out of LeBron. And I think the only thing that's gonna end up happening is that Dylan Brooks ends up getting that forty. Well, look, to this point, LeBron was asked at today's practices, uh today's practice about Dylan Brooks and he 
he in the beginning just said he had no reaction, but then he kept getting asked about Brooks, and he eventually went here. Um, he he Laura's going to have this for us in just a second, but he made it pretty clear that he's not here for Dylan Brooks, the shenanigans, Dylan Brooks, the person, anything Dylan Brooks. Not here for it. And, <laughs> and I, I, what I what I find like it's how much of this like if Dylan Brooks was a a person who had won more things, um, a person who had been to some finals, won some MVPs, some DPOYs, something like that. Somebody who LeBron I think respects his place in the in the universe a little bit more. It might be a little bit different, but he ain't that guy. No, I Dylan Brooks is somebody that I think does genuinely motivate himself through this stuff. Like I think there is a part of Dylan Brooks that genuinely gets himself in the zone. Like I, I read one profile of him that apparently he's been a lot like this since he was a kid. Like he was an intense kid when it came to sports and talking and like that type of psychological part of the game. That part I think is sincere. I think Dylan Brooks is also incredibly aware that I'm getting talked about. I'm getting a lot of camera time. There's a reason that he's showing up, saying all these things, looking like a WWE villain. Like he is very much aware of, I am raising my Q rating. Yeah. And in some respects, at the expense of LeBron James, like there's a parasitic relationship going on between. Oh, no, this is not an equal deal. No, no, not. And, uh, but I, I, I think he's a lot of these. This is one of these things about athletes. Like they, athletes do weird things to get themselves into the space that they feel like is necessary for. Like, what we always sit there like, why is Kevin Durant responding to random eggs on Twitter? Because for whatever reason, those people, like people saying stuff about him or whatever put it it keeps a, a chip on his shoulder it keeps him angry about stuff it keeps him because there aren't a lot of people on the actual basketball court that can kind of keep him from doing what he wants or will should disrespect whatever it is and so if he's somebody who feels like he needs a little bit of disrespect to keep that edge all right random person on twitter that like okay i'll that's i'll use you well it- and dylan brooks clearly i agree with you is doing a persona he's doing all this stuff but this is just I made the the Jeremy Strong comparison in 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 crosstalk. Like he's a method actor. Like he, I don't think if you said you can't do this stuff, I don't think he could be an effective player. And he's a pretty good player. This is just all wrapped up into it. Well, this is Draymond Green. Uh-huh. This is Patrick Beverly. This is remember Dante Jones? Like Dante Jones somehow made a name for himself as basically an all like elbows and fouls swingman. Because this is the thing that he used to do. He would go at you like this, talk like this, because in some part it keeps him in the league. It keeps that edge. But also, too, if Dante Jones doesn't talk, nobody knows who the hell Dante right. Jones is. And what I, the, the, the funny part is like, there's a much bigger chance that you go into game three on Saturday night and, and Dylan Brooks puts himself on tilt. You know, and starts taking bad shots, starts doing all kinds of other stuff. M- much, much bigger chance that happens than, than LeBron being a- impacted in any way. But you know that as soon as he hits one three in LeBron's face or stops LeBron once or whatever it is, he's going to mean mug. He's going to do all kinds of stuff, which makes him extremely, Dylan Brooks, extremely annoying. So I could see how LeBron get a little irritated. Well, we, we have seen LeBron get irritated by Dylan Brooks. We've seen, you know, both in this series and remember last year, LeBron told both Desmond Bain and Dylan Brooks at some point when they were chirping, essentially shut the F up. Like, you know what? You guys aren't annoying me, but at the end of the day, I'm LeBron James. You mm-hmm. guys aren't. I have done things in this league you guys will never do even exactly. in your fantasies. Like at some point, there's a there's a baseline level of respect that I'm going to demand from you guys. Like if you're not going to respect me as your elder, respect me as your better. But also LeBron talked at today's practice about to your point, he's not going to take the bait. I don't want to talk much more. Tomorrow's going to be a great game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to I'm ready to play. And that's it. I appreciate it. He is 
absolutely not here for it. <laughs> Hopefully we're not either. <laughs> quick heads up there's some cursing in that clip this has been like probably the worst 45 minutes of laura's (laughs) career at 710 between that and the game that's my fault that is totally that's all my fault i'm I'm trigger happy with the dump so it's okay okay but just the game the game getting dropped in laura's lap like a literally live grenade i mean we are doing live radio this thing gets dropped in her lap and then that <laughs> it's, hey it's effort friday it's it is effort friday but i double check we have this ready stephen a smith though <laughs> has a different take on this a different recommendation for lebron james than i'm not here for the bs when you chirp like dylan brooks chirped last night now you gotta bust his ass mm-hmm. excuse my language you literally got to We've do heard that. Worse I'm not, I'm not talking about yourself. games four, five, six, seven, winning the series. I'm talking right about now. in a game where you make a statement and you remind them who the hell you are. And this is one of those moments if you are LeBron James. Really? I mean, on the one hand, like I would, I would say that's true if we weren't coming off a game where LeBron just had 28. Like, has has Dylan Brooks shut down LeBron in this series? No. uh, We saw some stats courtesy of ESPN Stats and Information in a piece that Tim McMahon, who's covering the series for ESPN, had in a recent piece. LeBron is 7 of 14 on possessions Mm -hmm. where Dylan Brooks is guarding him. Like, as it stands right now, the biggest impediment for LeBron giving Dylan Brooks 40 is Dylan Brooks isn't guarding him enough. Like if Dylan Brooks guarded him more, it stands to reason LeBron's given him 40. Like he has not been doing anything no. to bother LeBron in this series at all and, and, so far. And quite frankly, what Stephen A is talking about is what Dylan is what Brooks hopes LeBron does, which is play a little bit different than he normally does. You know, you talk to me, go out, set up my guys, let's get Anthony Davis going. You know, let's do let's let's see if Michael Mike Malik Beasley can hit a couple threes. Let's get D'Angelo Russell playing a little better than he did in game two. That's going to be LeBron's initial instinct for this game, I would think. And so Brooks hopes that he does the I'm going to light you up thing. It takes the Lakers out of their offense. Okay, coming up, though, I want to I want to get into two questions about this thing with LeBron and Dylan Brooks. A, what does it do? to the Lakers if things get very LeBron-centric with LeBron and Dylan Brooks? Like, you know, what is the potential effect? You know, is there is there a potential upside to LeBron going scorched earth on Dylan Brooks? Because we do know that this team feeds off Dylan Brooks. They feed off talking in general. So is there is there a potential upside effect to it as we're all downside? But also, too, let's just say LeBron decided he wanted to do mm. this. Is he still capable of summoning this at age 38, season 20, billion my, a billion minutes under his belt? Can LeBron still do this on cue if he actually wants to? Question coming up next. Sedano and Cap, Kamenetsky Brothers in for the guys, 710 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Man, if you wanted yourself a hit in the 80s, You put Kenny Loggins on your soundtrack. You found yourself Kenny Loggins. That's right. That dude owned 80s soundtracks. Um, We got a great uh, tweet. I referenced uh, the the commercial with the little dog jumps over the big dog. Apparently, Mm -hmm. it's a Kibbles and Bits commercial from 1988. That is the sort of... uh, uh, pop culture, contemporary pop culture reference that I am uh, well known for. So yeah, it's very on brand. I'm sure, I'm sure everybody understood that one. <laughs> <laughs> Obscure pet food commercials from 1988. 
No. I was born in 1988, so that's a good year. So do you remember that commercial? <laughs> Hell no, but it's a good year. <laughs> so you saw that one. You know. Yeah. It is extremely... You're, you're welcome, America. Extremely on brand for Brian. Yeah. Andy Kamenetsky, Brian Kamenetsky, in for Sedano and Cap. I believe I'm supposed to read this. If not, I'm sure they will not complain. Anyway, <laughs> it's a Lakers playoff Friday on 710 ESPN. Getting you pumped for what's on tap for tomorrow night's game, Lakers versus Grizzlies. Game three presented by Michelob Ultra, a refreshing and balanced flavor with only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Michelob Ultra, it's only worth it. If you enjoy it, please enjoy responsibly. It is the official drink, by the way, of Alan Sliwa. Oh. <laughs> Alan Sliwa loves himself. He cannot afford to get filled up well, to hippie. It's, he it's likes the low-calorie drinks. It's what he drinks after a hard day of either watching old Laker games right. or pickleball. The, the lady Sliwa looks at him and says, moment on the lips, mm-hmm. lifetime on the hips. Well, he one. apparently, for I did I did not personally see Sliwa do this. So I want to make sure this is just word of mouth. But I heard he indulged in the Michelob Ultra during the pickleball tournament. I, I believe that. Because uh, Travis was saying it was the chattiest he'd ever seen <laughs> Sliwa. He did. He definitely did. I mean, he also had his dog there, too. He was having a good time. The dog was cute. Really, his dog. dog. That so that was Alan really just letting it loose, letting it fly. <laughs> Pickleball, free and easy. Got rookie on my side. Got the lady Slee on my side. I got like a cooler Michelob Ultra on my side. I'm the best pickleball player here. <laughs> this is my space, baby. I, you you mentioned you weren't sure if you were supposed to read that. I would have tremendous respect if you weren't. And the Michelob Ultra people called and gave a little money back. <laughs> we didn't pay for that promo. Uh, I I like when Alan lets his hair down. You know, metaphorically. No, he was he was absolutely in the zone during yeah. during the pickleball tournament. And to his credit, he's good. Should be. He practiced all the time. <laughs> he ought to be good. Okay, so the question I was asking before. Yep. With LeBron versus Dylan Brooks, Dylan Brooks is going out of his way to try to agitate LeBron heading into this game three. Mm-hmm. LeBron has made it clear, you know, as much as he's saying I'm not here for the BS, he's noticed the BS. Like, it's not like he's completely ignoring the BS. Stephen A. Smith was saying he wants to see LeBron James bust Dylan Brooks's ass, like exact words, in game three. You know, remind Dylan Brooks who LeBron James is and, by extension, who Dylan Brooks is. (laughs) Two-part question, Brian. All right. I guess three parts. Will LeBron do (laughs) this? a lot of parts. Will LeBron do this? Yep. Like, go scorched earth on Dylan Brooks. Mm Mm-hmm. Should LeBron do this? Can LeBron do this? All right. Um, I there is look. I don't think LeBron is going to change how he plays in any way, shape, or form. I don't think his game plan changes. I don't think he takes it makes this a personal, you know, thing where I have to like Stephen A. saying I got to show Dylan Brooks. Who's boss here? I don't think he respects Dylan Brooks enough to feel like he needs to dignify what Brooks is doing with that kind of response. That said, he did talk after game two. This is a critical game. LeBron is a student of NBA history. And you know, Andy, as well as he does, that the winner of game three in a 1-1 series, statistically speaking, is the one who goes on and wins the series. So this is a big game, and he is going to do what is required to get the Lakers the win. That might mean putting up 40. So there's like, in the diagram, like there are overlapping bits of this where LeBron plays the game he needs to play and he smokes Dylan Brooks. And if that happens to happen, I'm sure LeBron will be perfectly happy with it. Yeah, I just don't think he needs it to happen that way but he'll take it and if he does and like when he lights up brooks there will be some looks some trash talking and some whatever and the third question yes lebron is fully capable of putting up 35 40 points now again maybe brooks moves the the goalposts like yeah but you got to put up 45 they weren't all against me but yeah, LeBron. Oh, can, I mean, look, LeBron can. LeBron can do it. Dylan, particularly if he's hitting threes. Dylan Brooks has laid out the parameters of this in a way that is very Dylan Brooks friendly. Yeah, because <laughs> forty a forties forties a, a lot. Forties a lot. Anyway, forties a lot. The way basketball actually works, your opportunities to be matched up against the guy that you need to give forty 
over the course of 48 minutes are limited anyway you know with switches and things like that sometimes yeah. who was actually defending you can be dicey but you still think that he's capable of saying you know what i'm going scorched earth on this dude today because we've seen lebron the the signs of fatigue we've seen that the game takes more out of him mm-hmm. than he used to we've seen the way he often settles over the course of games because he is getting admittedly and understandably tired. He's 38, season 20. He's played more minutes than anybody. Fun stat, talking about the minutes of the players. If, if you take LeBron James's playoff minutes, my friend Dave Ramazzano, uh, Ramazzano over at Spectrum Sportsnet, where you and I do some TV work, mm-hmm. did this calculation for us the last time I was in. If you take LeBron's playoff minutes, and then you take the playoff minutes of every other player in the series on both teams. LeBron has them beat by about 1,500 minutes. If you remove Tristan Thompson, (laughs) (laughs) who is not going to play. No. Who is is technically part of that equation. Not unless things go either really well or really bad. It's like 4,000 minutes. So when you talk about mileage, LeBron has more playoff minutes than everyone else in the series combined by like a half season's worth so yeah he's he's got some mileage that's a crazy isn't that like a nutty stat yeah it like i remember when lebron first uh signed with the lakers you and i were writing for the athletic covering the team and i wrote a piece this was by the way 2018 i believe it was the first piece that i wrote about lebron and the lakers like once he was officially with the team and it was about the need to monitor LeBron's minutes and be conscious of them because like, I don't remember the exact number, but he had already played the amount of minutes or was within maybe, I don't know, 500 minutes, something like that of what Kobe had done pre Achilles. Like he was already at that level with still several years to go. And Kobe played an awful lot of minutes himself. That was five Uh years ago. And LeBron is still playing not just at a high level, but a high minute level. But it's crazy. It is. Now, Kobe, because Kobe, Kobe was a scorer in this way. Kobe was like a person who I think would take the disrespect of, and I don't care how much Dylan Brooks says, you know, it's, I, it's, I said, I, I believe when he says, you know, I respect it. It is, you know, basketball speaking disrespect. It's what he's doing. It's intentional. I think Kobe would have taken that a little more personally. I think Kobe would be more likely to try to throw up a few more daggers to prove a point than LeBron will be because LeBron's MO as a player is much more about distribution, about getting my guys involved, about taking what the defense is giving you rather than deciding to just take, which is what often Kobe would do. No, what LeBron really wants to do and what I think the Lakers would really like to see and what it's actually best for the Lakers is LeBron putting AD in a position where he puts 40 on on the Grizzlies because that would be great for Anthony Davis coming off Mm -hmm. a pretty bad game in game two and AD always being the one that, as much as he's played, I think, on balance this season, when he's been healthy, he's been good. Mm-hmm. He's been very good. I agree. He's still the guy that you worry about. He's the guy that you don't feel as confident about that assertiveness and that aggressiveness. And, you know, he's often going to be going up against Jaron Jackson Jr. and a really good defense. You want to see LeBron just surgically put AD in a place where he drops 40. Because if he drops 40... I would bet a lot of mythical or real money Lakers win that game. I think so. And like there are a lot of ways that LeBron can have his cake and eat it too here. The the final score of the game is the ultimately the biggest one. But there like, you know, if he if he has a game like he did on Sunday, or, uh, yeah, it was Sunday, right? Or Wednesday, I should say, sorry. Um where he goes for 28 points and an efficient 28. Um Dylan Brooks can yap all he wants, but if LeBron puts up 28, 31, 32, 24, whatever it is on, you know, 
12 of 18 shooting, gets the line a few times, whatever. Brooks can say whatever he wants, but if the Lakers win the game, it's like LeBron wins that battle too. By not really, he wasn't pulled out of his game, the Lakers win, and Dylan Brooks looks like a just a, a talking face. Well, I mean, look, Dylan Brooks is a quality NBA player. He's going to be in the league for a while. He's got like another 10 years or so of talking ahead of him. LeBron ain't got 10 more years. Mm -mm. LeBron is looking at every And that's why he's not here, Andy, (laughs) for the bull bleep. No, no, he's not. So to your point, if... The cow dung. If he scores zero in this game and the Lakers... Like if LeBron goes two for 13 and is just Dylan Brooks is draped all over, like, okay, props to Dylan Brooks. Congratulations, you did it. I don't think that's going to happen. Probably not. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think LeBron is going to go out and try to light him up for 50, and I don't want him to. But, you know, there's a middle ground here. It would be fun just to see one LeBron hammer dunk over Dylan oh, Brooks. Just- and, and like I said, it there there is a scenario in which he the Lakers win, they need him to do it, and he puts up the 40. Yeah. You know, like we have the like people talk about his consecutive 10-point streak or whatever. Like and sometimes he leaves at ten. <laughs> he has to like goes takes a shower. He could get to forty and call it a day. Yeah, he might. Okay, we were talking though about AD and the need for AD to get forty. Uh, Lindsay and I were talking about this off air. We'll bring it up uh, coming up next. Kawhi Leonard misses game three uh, for the Clippers. That mm-hmm. loss. His uh, availability tomorrow in game four, an early game by the way, is still up in the air. Frankly, his availability for the rest of the series is up in the air, and we've seen this movie with Kawhi Leonard many times. Why does AD catch so much hell with street clothes and stuff, and Kawhi seems to skate comparatively? Talk about that coming up next. Kamenetsky Brothers in for Sedano and Cap, 710 ESPN. I honestly don't want to say anything. <laughs> I, I don't. I love the song, and I, you know, I appreciate the tribute. It's a weird regional. <laughs> getting psyched for the Lakers game but but um it is weird like it doesn't feel it feels like a long time ago but sort of not at the same time because I still listen to so much Prince yeah I mean you know Prince is Andy Kamenetsky Brian Kamenetsky in for the guys Prince is my all-time favorite artist you know I've been a massive Prince fanatic for decades now it is something that is still like when people that mean that much and have that type of just massive influence are gone, it never stops feeling weird. Mm-hmm. Like I you're agree. just used to people like that always being around. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, seven years. That's crazy. And and he was part of you know that year where it was 2016. David Bowie died. Right. Muhammad was, Ali died. A bunch died. of people. Right. Um, this might not mean as much to other people, but he was an incredible director. Curtis Hansen, the mm-hmm. director, like these are just people. Tom Petty died a couple of years. No, Tom Petty, so the same year as I later. I think Tom I thought Petty it was a couple was years same... later. I'll look it up. I think but it was Tom it was Petty... it was in that run of artists, you know. But that was you know, that was a, bu- a bummer. He died in 2017, October 2017. Okay. So a little later, but not. Not too much. much. Yeah, Gene Wilder died that year. Arnold Palmer. Um, You get very careful with this, too, because you don't want to list somebody that may not have actually died. But it was just it was a ton, a ton of really great, great artists. And, you know, Prince. Which crossover do you think there was between the people mourning uh, Prince and Arnold Palmer? (laughs) You know what? Actually, more than you think. More than you would think. More than absolutely more than you think. I mean, golf is a sport. I got to be honest. The death of Arnold Palmer did not hit me the same way. Well, I mean, I was sad for the Palmer family. I believe Gary. Yeah, I didn't wish him death. Looking now, I think Gary Shandling died that year. Like it it was that one. I that one probably was a little closer to me than than Arnold Palmer. It was uh, Alan Rickman. um, Yeah, Harper Lee, the author of To Kill a Mockingbird. Like it was an unusually. It was a weird thing. I'm really now in my head. It's almost like I I I hated Arnold Palmer. (laughs) Like I keep every person you name. I'm like, yeah, I was more moved when they died than Arnold Palmer. Merle, (laughs) he's now my my baseline for how much do I care about your death. Gene Wilder, much more personally affected by that person's death than Arnold Palmer. Gary Marshall, yep, he's above the the Palmer line. (laughs) 
I had mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think the Palmer estate. Expected no, to I mean this is terrible. Today. Not at all. You really are. Coming the man off. has his own drink for God's sake. Florence Henderson, nope, Alan above, Thick. above. Mm, Alan Thick. Probably oh, still above the yes. Palmer line. George yeah. Michael above the Palmer line. Carrie Fisher. Oh, well above the Palmer line. Debbie Reynolds. Debbie Reynolds, Carrie Fisher's mother, mother also above the Palmer line. Wow. And it's not that I have any particular hatred towards Honor Palmer. I just, first of all, he was much older when, when he died. So were some of these other people you named. But not, <laughs> but not Carrie Fisher, not Prince, really, not Alan Rickman, really coming off like a jerk, like a person it? who really hated Arnold Palmer for some reason. It's, okay. Arnie, <laughs> he has a whole army, Arnie's army. Well, transitioning. Are they like the Bayhive? <laughs> Careful, Brian. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll we'll learn. We'll... <laughs> How online is Arnold Palmer? Yeah, we'll we'll learn Arnie. about the Twitter presence of Arnold Palmer seven years afterwards. All right. Speaking of speaking of people who take grief that don't like probably safe. Uh, we were talking about Anthony Davis and you know AD's need for a big game. Mm-hmm. Practically speaking, for the Lakers, they need him to show out. But there's also the reputational need Anthony Davis has for a big game because Anthony Davis is seemingly always in a place where he needs to have a big game in order to prove to people that he is that dude. And it's coming at a time where Kawhi Leonard is, you know, he missed game three. Not sure if he's going to be available tomorrow. The uh, the Clippers down 2-1 against the Suns. They really need Kawhi Leonard out there. No Paul George on top of it. Over the last few years, since both these guys have been in L.A., Kawhi Leonard has missed way more games than Anthony Davis. Mm -hmm. He's been far less reliable on the court than Anthony Davis. Mm -hmm. Yet Kawhi Leonard does not seem to take the same type of street clothes hell that Anthony Davis does. Why do you think that is? Um, For starters... He plays for the Clippers, and Anthony Davis plays for the Lakers. I think that is, first and foremost, the the issue. But the bigger part of that is, I think, what happened before. I feel like Kawhi, before this you know, recent run of you know, basically missing an entire year and then you know, load man- like being the mayor of load management town, um, like the entire concept seems to have been built around keeping Kawhi Leonard healthy. Um, I feel like he was a little bit more of a made guy than AD was. And so that helped him. You know, he'd, he'd won. Um, and so that helps Kawhi. Um, but it's not necessarily fair. But Anthony Davis has been sort of struggling against this availability thing and against the ability to, you know, is he a guy who can elevate a franchise to a championship? All this other stuff that Kawhi has shown he could do. And so... AD still is in that prove it place where Kawhi, he doesn't have anything to prove as a player. He has things to prove as a healthy human. So I think that's the distinction. Yeah, it's it's funny because the Lakers and the Clippers both went super all in in the 2019 offseason. You know, the the Lakers thought that they were going to be adding uh Paul George to LeBron James and the Lakers the season before didn't happen. Paul George, you know, ended up staying in OKC with Russell Westbrook, but then that thing broke up. And when Kawhi Leonard forced his way to the Clippers, part of you know it was contingent on you get me Paul George as well. And you know the Clippers gave up a lot of draft capital for both of those guys. Not to mention Shea Gilgis Alexander, mm-hmm. who established really quickly that dude is great. Like, he's going to have an all-NBA caliber career if he can stay healthy. The Clippers gave up an awful lot, just like the Lakers, and have much less to show for it so far. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Lakers, for there are still people who every once in a while you'll see it. Like, you know, was the trade worth it? Yes, they won a title. Like, the, Anthony Davis and LeBron James, they won a title. Like, that's, yes, the answer is yes. Doesn't matter what happens from now on, the answer is Yes. And what you're talking about with the Clippers is the illustration of why, because it is so hard to do this. It does not matter if you have, you know, two star players. And Paul George is 
excellent. And Kawhi Leonard is Kawhi Leonard. And the rest of the supporting cast is really good. And it's a well-run organization with a very rich man. Second most powerful bald man on earth, according to the internet. (laughs) (laughs) And they they would know. Yeah. Um, And, you know, they're building that beautiful arena, which I flew over earlier this week. I was like, dang, that thing's coming up fast. And it's going to be... But they can't win because those guys can't stay healthy. So, you know, I, I I don't I don't think the Clippers did it wrong either. But if you get a chip, you win. That's that is the end of the discussion. But like that, I don't I don't think the Lakers would have been better. At any like, there's a you know, what if they they could end up like the Clippers? They could have had Paul George and Kawhi. Like this could be happening now for the Lakers. Well, I mean, remember that was the sort of the goal. Well, the original plan, even after getting AD was not LeBron, AD, and this very, very well-constructed cast of supporting role players. Mm -mm. It was LeBron, AD, and Kawhi. And they waited a long, Mm -hmm. long time, like everybody else, for Kawhi. A a lot of people thought, and I'll be honest, I have thought this, I've said this before, I think in a lot of ways the Lakers got worked. And I think they got used in, in as leverage for Kawhi to get everything he wanted. Ultimately, I mean, look, and, and, if you feel like you've got an opportunity at Kawhi, you wait and it's and, you, you, know, you do it. it. But I just this is it is I, AD gets I mean, I think the comparison with AD, we talked about LeBron and, and Kobe with like, how would those guys have reacted differently to the stuff Dylan Brooks is saying? There's a they're not the same player because Anthony Davis is a level above Pau Gasol. But the way we talk about them is similar in terms of are they going to be able to meet the expectations for the role they're supposed to play? With Pau, it was, can you really be the guy who supports Kobe mm-hmm. and be the second best player, you know, a Hall of Fame caliber player, all-NBA player caliber, supporting Kobe Bryant? AD is supposed to be, you know, I guess sort of in maybe sort of in support of LeBron, but really... A 1A. The plan by now was for AD to be the guy. Yes. And Maybe LeBron is the, the 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 core of the team, the leader, the whatever. But on the floor, Anthony Davis is the man. LeBron was supposed to be the guy steering the, yes. metaphorical, the metaphorical car with AD as the engine. Right. That's the way it was supposed to be. All right. Talk about this more later on in the show. But coming up next, what you need to know. Kamenetsky Brothers Ooh. in for Sedano and Cap 710 ESPN.